Okay, it is July 28, 2022. We're just going to start the recording because we're having a good discussion and we'll get around to the prayer list here. And uh, Hey, Forrest. Yeah. Johnny's going to knock this bag of cat food off. I'll get it. I'll get it. Okay. Just stick him outside and give him something to eat. He wants some cat food. He's got food out there. Yeah, but he wants that in the bag. Yeah. <laughs> That's what cats do. That's what they do. What was it like? It was like uh, one of the angels asking God. They're looking down at the earth. Said, "What are they doing?" And uh, God said, "They're making milk out of almonds." And the angel said, "Didn't you give them like seven different animals they can get milk from?" And God says, "They don't like that milk." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but um. Well, the thing about it is they put so much chemical stuff in now. I talk about all these people that are lactose intolerant and all that stuff. That's just, and I mean, that's dude, When I grew up, we milk, we drank milk straight out of the cow. Yes. It went into, it went into the, to the cooler in the dairy barn. And, and you drink it, and it's good. Yeah, it's really good. But, um, no, the, what people don't understand is the mind-body syndrome, or TMS, uh, tension myoneural syndrome um, you know you can break out in hives sometimes people do and they get nervous when you get embarrassed you blush you've heard the butterflies in your stomach your, your intestines start you know churning when you get uh, anxious when you're getting shot at absolutely so <laughs> if you eat sauerkraut so what, what these are they are basically human body is reacting to the emotions. Your emotion, you have a certain emotion, maybe some pent-up anger, or maybe some sort of a trigger event, and you go into having issues. The dizziness, Ray, I just, I'll send you that video. This guy, he dealt with it over and over, and he finally got the right teaching and the right understanding, and it went away. And same thing with back pain, leg pain, uh, knee, hip, shoulder pain. Um, the, the hard parts to accept that, that is true, that that's really what's going on, but um, it is. Well, the trouble is there, there is legitimate pain that, that is not in your mind. Like you break an arm, it hurts. Oh, sure. Yeah, yeah if it's a, you break an arm, it hurts. But even that pain registers in the brain. My grandpa always said it was all in your head. <laughs> well, all pain and, and, and it hurt is, all and pain from control and some of it. But you know, pain from uh, you know emotions manifests in different ways. It's done it for, for for eons, and 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 once we get our understanding about that, pain goes away. I mean, I have lived through this. I'm starting to see a little light at the end of the tunnel, and. Um, you just power on through it, and you just tell yourself this ain't hurting. But ain't no training. I know what you're saying is true because uh, every night when I get in bed, especially in the winter, my feet ache like crazy. And I started telling my brain, they don't hurt. Right. They know it'll go away. It'll go away. You just, you just say it to yourself. Senator Tom Harkin actually brought Dr. John Sarno before the Senate back in the 90s, I guess it was. And he'd have back problems. He'd have to go to his office and lay flat on his back on the floor or a cot. And then he got introduced to that, you know, book from Dr. John Sarno, 
And it's actually, you can hear it as an audio book on, uh, on YouTube. It's uh, Healing Back Pain. That's the name of it. Healing Back Pain. But it's not just back pain. Shoulder pain, knee pain, you know, legs. You're, you know, I had to deal with my legs hurting at night. Now, if you go to see a doctor, they'll give you some bullcrap reason why that's happening. And they'll take and some pill to go along with it. Yeah, yeah, they'll take some tests and they'll say, well, this is wrong and that's wrong. But you have a lot of control over what you experience. Allergies are another one. Um, one lady was just allergic to everything. And she'd been to all these allergist, allergy doctors. and taken all. the lady that was said to go out there to the bees and try to get bee stung? Uh, yeah, it was Lee Glass's mom, Nancy, I think was her name. But in any event, that would, that would calm down her fibromyalgia, she said. The venom now, from the bee sting. But it's not really what it is. It's a placebo effect. And the, the pain, a, a, an actual bee sting hurts. And then you have something to compare it to. Wait a minute. Because, you know, when I was in the midst of this mess and, and I hurt so bad I couldn't stand up for very long. And I'm getting better, but, you know, I... Uh, <laughs> was cripping to the bathroom one night because I had to get up in the middle of the night and, oh man, my back, my hip, my then and, and I stomped my toe on the bedpost. And every, all of a sudden, massive pain reset. None of that hurts. This is pain. This hurts. So that is how it works. So you go get the bee sting. My back's healed. Yeah. 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 My, toes, my toes broke. <laughs> yeah, but no, you, you, your comparative pain, you know, is, is the same. But... Uh, God wants us to be well. He wants us to do well. We've got some people on the prayer list. Uh, uh, Gary, our friend, uh, who needs wisdom and, and healing. Uh, Marcos, his mother came through surgery well, and uh, his son for salvation. But uh, we keep his mom in prayer. She has some kind of heart surgery. That's Marcos St. Ibanez. He is a drug lord down in Miami. I don't know if you ever met him. been here a few times. He is... He's been on 700 Club with his story. You got a book out about. I remember you talking about. Yeah. If you met if you met him, you'd remember. Oh yeah, he sucked all the air out of the room just like that. <laughs> He'll tell you about Jesus. Yeah. And yeah, we run into some uh, Jehovah Witnesses. Him and I over here one day. We we're going to get, I think, Little Caesar pizza. And these two Jehovah Witnesses, one of them was from New York, and that's the catbird seat for JWs. Walked up and started on. Well, there was a younger guy that kind of stayed toward me. I think he said he was 18 years old. Just a tall, slender, black fellow. Of course, he had his nice suit on because all these JWs wear those suits. But uh, Marcos cornered the boss man and just was talking, to, you know, and just telling him all this stuff. And the guy tried to say something, and Marcos had come back on him again. And um, I went, went inside and sat down with him. The other fellow, they were going to Subway, so I just went in there. I think it wasn't him. We talked a while, and I said, "Okay, this Charles Taze Russell that comes out with this Jehovah Witness stuff in the late 1800s, and this is supposed to be the correct version of all the truths. Well, what kind of God would wait from the time the Earth began until about 1850 or 60 to finally say, well, you know what? I better go on ahead and set them all straight." No God would do that. We've had the truth all along. And that Jehovah Witness, these Millerites, these Seventh-day Adventists, and the uh, Mormons, all this stuff popped up in the mid to late 1800s. That's the way it went. 
So, um, anyway, uh, I asked that young man, so I don't have an answer for that. I mean, I said, it makes sense, though. I mean, you'd think people, was God being unfair to everybody born before Charles Hayes Russell come along? Was it a spam? Yeah. Um, and then we look out the window, and Marcos has laid hands on this guy, and he's praying. <laughs> and come to find out later, when I was talking to someone who was more familiar with that cult than I was, they said, he laid hands on him. I said, yeah, they said, oh, they're not supposed to let anybody lay hands on him according to the Jehovah Witness teaching. That, you know, he's corrupted. I said, well, he got corrupted in the right direction. <laughs> so Marcos is all right. Marta and Charles, Charles for his back, Vassy and Linda, John and Ruby, our friend Chuck Knipp, Shirley Q, and his dad Randolph. Um, children and grandchildren. John Park wanted us to pay, pray for Mr. Blevins. And it something to do with his uh, breathing. He's having a problem. Of course, if you go to the to the quacks, they'll say, oh, well, you got COVID. There it is. Sure, that's the ticket. Um, and the whole COVID thing, so there's a lot of psychosomatic things. It's what's called mass sociogenic illness. And you can really manifest real symptoms just because you think you got something. Just look it up. It's a real thing. It's been tested and proven through the ages. But anyway, he needs prayer for wisdom. I pray for people that are hurting or people that are sick first to, to have wisdom. And the Lord healed that uh, spider bite infection on Christian's leg. I mean, it doesn't even hardly look now like it was ever there which is uh, just the hand of God. And he gives us, you know, antibiotics and stuff. That, and he wants, I mean, he didn't, never says don't use medicine, but when you see medicine mentioned in the Bible, it's usually alcohol. Wine for the stomach. Or olive oil. Yeah, oil is good. Reverend Davis and his family, Bailey and Landon and Shalen, and Della and Tanner. Deba, Jerry's... Uh, what do they call them? Dental hygienists. And Brooke. Mm -hmm. And uh, just for understanding and wisdom and the truth. <coughs> Pray for him and Judy. Answers to all prayer <coughs> requests. And his neighbor. Is this uh, Kurt? Kurt? My next door neighbor. I don't know wrong with him now. Salvation for all. Eric, Rex, Ted, Reverend Davis and family. Unsafe family members. Praying for our country, America. Bob's children, Stephanie and Mike, for salvation. Unsaved family members up north. Water situation in uh, out west, to, to on the west coast, that they would get water. They turn their eyes to you, Lord, and get water. Uh, pray for our government leaders and the folks in Europe. Also pray for Ariel and blessings for her. Let's join hands. <clears throat> Heavenly Father God, we thank you for this time together. We thank you for your word. We thank you for your Holy Spirit amongst us because two or more are gathered. We pray you be with Christian as she's out at the farm doing the things she needed to do and that you would help her. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Did you talk to your mom? Uh, for I did, yeah. Well, she was kind of wanting to move something. Yeah, I'll, uh, I'll help her with that afterward. I don't know if we're going to get that one move. We can move one of them. Uh, but no, you got to get that other dolly in one. Okay. Get one on each side. Gotcha. Yeah, we did. That's what yeah. we did.
Do we have one dolly at the bottom? There's only one up there. Well, that might be enough, because I can probably lift one side and she can use a dolly on the other, and then we'll scoot it. So, um, we, we began talking tonight, earlier, even before dinner, about what to expect. We go here a lot, but we're going here again, because it's, it's bothersome that some of these people purporting to be ministers will not dig into what the Bible says. You know, and, and, and by the way, I'm, on, I'm going to 2 Timothy 3, but I'm going, to go, I'm going to mark that for the moment, and I'm going to go over here, and, uh, you know, it's kind of, it's a little bit funny in a way. I'm not in Acts 10, but this is where it happens. The sheet, the vision of the sheet comes down out of heaven, and um, it's, um, there's all these animals on there that were not on the menu for the Hebrew people in the Old Covenant, the Mosaic dietary laws, right? So Peter's seeing all that, and then the voice of God says, go and kill and eat. Go and kill and eat. And what does Peter do? Not so, Lord. Uh-uh. I don't go and eat these unclean things. So he he denied the Lord. He, he said, I'm not going to do it and eat these unclean things. And of course, God says, don't call anything unclean that I have made clean. So you see in 1 Timothy 4, uh, anything you give thanks for, you can eat whatever you want to. There's no restrictions. Paul makes it evident in Corinthians too. I think it's uh, chapter 10 of the first Corinthians. Uh, as you get invited to somebody as an unbeliever, if they invite you to their house to eat and you want to go, go. Go eat. And eat whatever is put in front of you. Don't make any qualms or quibbles about what's put in front of you. If they serve you food, eat it. A lot of picky eaters this day and age would uh, have a problem, I guess, with that. Can I ask you a question real quick? My grandparents used to eat duck blood soup. Mm -hmm. Pig blood? Uh, the, I thought you, that was something weird about eating blood. Blood. You abstain now. It's Old Testament. That's Old Testament. But we, I'm going to go to Acts uh, 15 <clears throat> then since that came up. But remind me on Acts 15. But uh, one... Uh, it's a church of Christ down toward Rural Retreat. I was talking to God about going there, and he said, said they don't know. We don't use no instruments. Said, you don't have any? Oh, no, no, you're not supposed to. You don't use instruments. And uh, I said, why do you not use instruments? He said, because the Bible says to make a joyful noise unto the Lord. And I said, that means you can't use interest? And he said, that means you, you, you sing. You don't use instruments. And I said, this church is teaching this? Yeah, yeah, that's, that's true. Well, uh, Psalm 150 is a short one. Let me read it right quick. Praise you the Lord. Praise God in the sanctuary. Praise Him in the firmament of His power. Praise Him for His mighty acts. Praise Him according to His excellent greatness. Praise Him with the sound of the trumpet. Praise Him with the psaltery and the harp. 
Praise him with the timbrel and dance. Oh, no, dance. Praise him with stringed instruments and organs. Praise him upon the loud cymbals. Praise him upon the high-sounding cymbals. Let everything that hath breath praise the Lord. Praise ye the Lord. So now you can take that so-called minister there and show him that scripture, and he would blow it off. He'd blow it off like a Democrat blows off the truth. He wouldn't listen. He would, not, he would just not listen. They would go back to believing what they want to believe. Acts chapter 15. Then we'll get to 2 Timothy a little bit later. Acts. Acts 2.38. Remember that one? Yeah. That's... Uh, Paris was sitting there talking to him heard what coming. Well, I heard it's like this uh, elderly woman had uh, a burglar come in her house. and we got a spot right around here. There you are. Yeah. Hook him up with some coffee. This lady had a burglar come into her house late at night, and the neighbor saw the guy break in, and he called the cops. Well, the cops showed up and, and uh, met the guy running as hard as he could back down the sidewalk to the street. And they tackled him and said, what are you running from? You steal something? He said, I steal nothing. So what are you running from? He said, that old woman in there is crazy. She goes, she says she got an axe and two thirty-eights. <laughs> so she quotes, then Peter said unto them, repent and be baptized, every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. There's power in the name of Jesus. There was a, uh, uh, an account I saw was on national news. These ladies were, it was like a Tupperware party thing, but they were selling jewelry. And maybe something like that stuff that Valentina has dealt with. And, um, well, he comes in with a gun and a mask and um, wants all their money, and not only their money, but their jewelry too. Wants all, all this in the back. Because he knew they'd all come with plenty of money to spend and there'd be a lot of that jewelry there. And One lady said, you need Jesus. He just jerked his head, looked at her, and she said, you need Jesus Christ. And in the name of Jesus, you leave my home. And the other lady started going, yes, in Jesus' name. Jesus, Jesus. They just started quoting together, Jesus, Jesus. He took off. He didn't get a dime. He ran. He went straight down the street and robbed somebody in an ATM, but he didn't mess with their house. The name of the Lord Jesus Christ has so power. Were this bunch within the church or whatever it was there in New York and robbed the, the, the preacher there, got over a million dollars worth of jewelry off of So they're saying, I, I, I saw that story. I, that might be an insurance swindle if you ask me. What are you doing with a million dollars worth of jewelry at your church going? You're right. <laughs> it just didn't sound right. It sounded a little odd. Yeah. I mean, it might be true. I'm just saying, you know. But anyway, uh, in Acts chapter 15. <laughs>
there was a teaching here that uh, these uh, Christians had to keep the law. And pick it up in verse 5 of Acts 15. But there rose up certain of the sect of the Pharisees, which believed, now that the Pharisees, they became Christians, they believed, became Christians. But these Pharisees are saying, it says, that it was needful to circumcise them and to command them to keep the law of Moses. Now when you run into one of these uh, Hebrew roots types, they hate Acts 15. They hate that scripture. And if you don't love every scripture, then to me, I don't even think you've got the Holy Spirit in you. If you think you're keeping the law, you're kidding yourself and trying to kid me. Verse 6, And the apostles and elders came together for to consider of this matter. And when there had been much disputing, Peter rose up and said unto them, Men and brethren, you know how that a good while ago God made choice among us that the Gentiles by my mouth should hear the word of the gospel and believe. And God, which knoweth the hearts, bear them witness, giving them the Holy Ghost, even as he did unto us. Now, they're talking about some stuff here, too, that happened in Acts chapter 10. You run into these folks, these teachings from the Church of Christ. They teach that the water baptism saves you. They say that's when you get the Holy Spirit because that's how it happened for Jesus. I need to put up a blanket or something there so Ray can't look out the window all the time. He's like a kid in school not paying attention. <laughs> I don't care. Um, Mr. Davis. What's that? You're Mr. Davis. Oh, Dal Davis. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I never had him for a teacher. Oh, well, I did. He said, he don't stop looking out. I'm going to go over and pull the shade down. I remember I was sitting there with my watch one day and realized that the crystal would reflect a little beam of light. I remember this. It was Charles Havens, wasn't it? Yes. So and he had a black oh, eye. Yeah, he, oh, my gosh. Was he like was flashing. He finally figured out like, he would move. You know, it would shine through and it would hit him in the face and he'd step to the side and I'd put it right back. <laughs> <laughs> it took him a little while to figure out what was going on. He said... I'm going to have me a wristwatch here in a minute. <laughs> I've been needing a new watch. I'm going to have me. <laughs> but, um, so they're telling, that in Acts 10, the, the uh, boy, I'm all over the map tonight, ain't I? <laughs> they, 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 they say that, okay, Jesus got the Holy Spirit after he was immersed and baptized. And that's when you get the Holy Spirit, when you get immersed and baptized in water. Now, look at Acts chapter 10, verse 44. While Peter yet spake these words, the Holy Ghost fell on them all which heard the word. So the Holy Spirit came to them which heard the word. And they of the circumcision which believed were astonished. These are Gentiles that are receiving the Holy Spirit. And as many as came with Peter because that the Gentiles also it was poured out on the gift of the, the gift of the Holy Spirit that on the Gentiles also was poured out the gift of the Holy Ghost for they heard them speak with tongues and magnify God now Pentecostal will say this is initial evidence you don't speak in tongues you didn't get saved I take him to John chapter 20 Jesus gave him the Holy Spirit 
And they didn't speak in tongues there. Tongues is a useful thing when God chooses to use it to help you communicate in certain situations. Verse 47, Can any man forbid water that these should not be baptized which have received the Holy Ghost as well as we? What oh they received the Holy Ghost before they were immersed and baptized. I actually took a Church of Christ preacher to that passage. He didn't like it. I think you know this guy. He's from North Carolina. He was one of our clients. Uh, came to shooting school. Uh, was a minister in Church of Christ. I happen to notice that you're a mutual friend on Facebook. Yeah. Nice guy. I love him to death. But, you know, this word according to the book of Hebrews, is sharper than any two-edged sword. It, it, um, I'll look it up when you don't kill your mind. Um, a two-edged sword cuts either direction, and a lot of times we come under conviction, we're reading something, and we say, wow, I've not been, I've not been honoring God in that respect. You know, and you know, these people teaching you can't have instruments, you can't have music in the church. What do they do with that Psalm 150? And it's not only there, it's elsewhere. Even there it says also to dance. There's people out there, a lot of independent fundamentalists, teaching that you can't dance. That's satanic. So there was a, there was a church, Bellspur Church, um, the um, primitive, primitive Baptist, and um, I accidentally crashed one of their sermons. I rode up on my motorcycle because I was going to the family reunion at Bellspur Church, but there was an old church and a new one. They split. Well, I saw a bunch of cars in the parking lot. It was uh, Jerry's mom's people at this, but I was at the wrong church. And I rode that Harley up under that window. They were all open. The windows were in July. And it was echoing off the side of that church building. I kind of looked in there. There's people on pews. And next thing I know, the minister and, 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 and his thugs, that's what they look like. Like, we're going to go out here and hurt somebody if we have to. They come strutting up toward me. Mm -hmm. I'm off the bike. He goes, wait, we're having communion. <laughs> I said, oh my goodness. I said, I am so sorry. I'm supposed to be going to a to a family reunion. This isn't the right church. I said, oh, okay, I'm very sorry. I just got mixed up. I'm so sorry I've done this. Well, this time, the whole congregation's out there in the, in the side of the yard <laughs> watching this. And uh, one of those guys, his wife was with him. And he was just standing there like Mr. Biff, you know, if something needs to happen, we'll just throw down with you. But she was snickering. She thought it was funny. I, I won't forget that. And I apologized a dozen times, and not once did he say, no worries, it's just a mistake, didn't forgive me, wasn't about to. I said, okay, well, I'll just push my motorcycle back down here to the road. That was like 100 yards or more on dirt road to get to the pavement. And he let me do it. He didn't say, no, you done done it now, just start it up and ride out. He wouldn't even, they watched me push it back down there. But uh, the primitive Baptist, and uh, we were talking about it uh, one day, and Forrest brought up that church. 
And he said, it was Primitive Baptist Church. He said, what is that? What was that church over there? Met as a damn of Neanderthal Baptist or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> so we started calling them the Neanderthal Baptist. But they won't, they can have a piano. But uh, they say, no, no, no guitars, no stringed instruments. I say, have you ever lifted the hood up on that piano and looked inside? Strings. <laughs> 88 of them. Yeah, so it's like, where do people come up with this stuff? They come mm -hmm. up with all these crazy doctrines. Now, the Jewish people did it too. Um, what was the name of that book that the Jews put down? All of these rules, like, you know, you have to put your sock on your foot and then the shoe on that foot and then the sock and the shoe in that order on the other foot. And just nonsense, you know, just made up stuff. Um, I can't remember the name of that. I should. It's not coming to me. But they went by. I guess some of them still do. So these... That's crazy. How do they... You put the shoe on and then try to put the sock on that bit of No, you put the sock and then the shoe on yeah. this foot. And then the sock and then the shoe on the other. Yeah, Don't put both do. socks on and then sh both shoes. Not if you're wearing sandals. Or uh, they probably got rules for that, too. All right, so um, these... No, Peter's reminding them of what happened in Acts 10. And uh, in verse 9, he says, He put no difference between us and them. This is Acts chapter 15. Purifying their hearts by faith. Now, therefore, why tempt you, God, to put a yoke upon the neck of the disciples, which neither our fathers nor we were able to bear? When you find the Hebrew roots one, Oh, well, we're going to keep the law. We're keeping the law and making God happy and getting extra, you know, credit in heaven. Peter says they couldn't keep the law, and he's right. He said, neither us, we couldn't do it, nor our fathers could keep this law. Why are you trying to put this yoke on the new believers here? Telling them that their salvation depends on keeping the law. Verse 11 says, but we believe that through the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, we shall be saved even as they, grace. So, verse 12, Then all the multitude kept silence and gave audience to Barnabas and Paul, declaring what miracles and wonders God had wrought among the Gentiles by them. And after they had all held their peace, James answered, saying, Men and brethren, hearken unto me. Simeon, that's Peter, has declared how God at first did visit the Gentiles to take out of them a people for his name. And to this agree the words of the prophets as it is written. After this I will return and will build again the tabernacle of David which is fallen down. And I will build again the ruins thereof and I will set it up. This will be happening in the millennial age to come. That, and it's also a spiritual happening of uh, you're, you're, as a believer you are the temple for the Holy Spirit of God. Verse 17, that the residue of men might seek after the Lord and all the Gentiles upon whom my name is called, saith the Lord who doth all these things. Known unto God are all his works from the beginning of the world. Wherefore my sentence is that we trouble not them which from among the Gentiles are turned to God. He said, I don't want to trouble these people with all this law-keeping, all this, you know, mosaic law-keeping, 
Verse 20, But that we write unto them that they abstain from pollutions of idols, and from fornication, and from things strangled, and from blood. For Moses of old time hath in every city them that preached him, being read in the synagogues every Sabbath day. Now the reason they said to abstain from these things, by the way, fornication, if a Jew married a Gentile, that was considered fornication. Couldn't marry a Jew could not marry a Gentile, even though we see up here that God took out of the Gentiles a people for himself and called them the Hebrew people, the Jewish people. They came from the Gentiles. But he's saying that all of these believers that have come from that background, from the background where Moses was of old time in every city that preached, um, we, we, we're just going to ask you to, you know, when you're hanging out with these uh, Jewish believers, don't, uh, don't do some of this stuff. Don't drink the blood from anything. Don't eat a strangled animal. Now, we eat animals, we often, we don't even know how some of them died. You know, we ate some chicken earlier tonight. I don't know if it probably wasn't strangled, but, you know, could have been. Uh, from the pollutions of idols. Abstain from these things. That's a unique situation where you're fellowshipping, and this is a Romans 14 thing. Romans 14 is... A pivotal be, chapter. Don't be a stumbling block. That's right. right. You don't be a stumbling block, and you're in, you know if you, if you're, you know if somebody's had uh, addiction problems with alcohol. Maybe they're trying to quit smoking, and you're a smoker. Which you're not going to hell smoking a cigarette. There's another thing some of these Southern Baptist preachers want to tell you. Um, I don't like cigarettes. I don't like being around them, but they ain't putting nobody in hell. You just get there sooner. <laughs> you might. You might, but you may, you know, our days are numbered, and, you know, Jesus talks about you can't add one inch to your stature or your lifespan. He knows how long you're going to live. Whether you're playing Russian roulette every other day or <coughs> smoking weed or something like that, he already knows. I mean, I think of. Keith Richards and Rolling Stones, he's used every kind of dope known to mankind. How is he still alive? And he's not even a Christian. That's a good question. And then someone else takes good care of themselves, eat good diet, exercise, next thing you know, drop dead or something. But God has our lives in His hands. And, um, you know, we all know of examples of people who smoked till they were in their 90s or older. That, that fellow World War II vet, Richard Overton, he was like 111 years old. Smoked cigars all his life, drank whiskey. How did he do that? i tell you the secret. is just don't stress yourself out. If you really think about it, like Ray's mom, she's like 95, right? Six, I think, wasn't she? Yeah. But she didn't get stressed out, which was a monumental accomplishment around Lewis. But she, <laughs> <laughs> but she did not stress. Christy soul. Oh, he's with the Lord now. Yeah. No doubt about that. But um, 
she kept her mind sharp. She would do those crypto quote puzzles in the newspaper, and those are hard. And she's in her 90s sitting there noodling them things out. And she just watched the creek go by, and the car goes down the road. Well, I wonder who that was, you know. That kind of life, you know, if you don't stress yourself out, that's, that's going to give you long years. I really believe. Hey, babe. So, um, no, but when the scripture says to abstain from these things here in the presence of these uh, Hebrew Christians, these Jewish Christians, then it, you're doing it, like Mark said, don't make them stumble. Don't do it in front of them and make them stumble. So, um, I think we can go to 2 Timothy 3 now. And could we take a lesson from that? Because a lot of times it's easy to see people that are raised in a, in a particular type of church and they have not yet come to the place where they feel secure eternally. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we don't have to uh, terrorize those people with stuff. Tell them, tell them the truth and let it go. You know? Yeah. You know, a friend of mine, he's, he's passed on. I'm sure he wouldn't mind me saying it was Eddie Umbarger. Drove a truck for many years. Brought me first Bible I really ever owned. I still got it. He's down at the farm. And he was in a congregation that taught that you can backslide and lose your salvation. Now, I, uh, I tease my friend Larry, because that's how he believes. And I said, Larry, God just lets you think you could lose your salvation because he knows how you'd act if you ever found out that you couldn't. So, but, you know, there are some wonderful believers that do think that way. But this tormented my friend Eddie. We rode motorcycles together. He drove for Preston um, many years, truck driver. And, you know, you, you try to find somebody you can confide in. And, uh, and again, Eddie's with Christ now, and I'm sure he would not in a second mind me sharing this to help others. It was tormented. I looking in the cars when the women drive by. And there's not a truck driver out there that doesn't do that. I don't care who you are. You can look right down in that car. You know, check out the seat cover on this little blue Subaru back here. That means the woman driving the car. But that tormented him that he would do that. This is lust and I'm going to hell. So no, uh, it stressed him out. He died from a heart attack in the middle of the night. You, you knew him? Mm-hmm. I knew his brother. I knew his brother too. Yeah, the only the one they thought wouldn't live was one of the last two alive for them boys. They didn't think Terry would live. And as always talking about Terry don't take care of himself, Terry this, Terry that, and yeah, he's gonna drop dead and Terry's still alive and all but Jody mm-hmm. gone. And I love Barry. He was a brilliant man. He was a brilliant thinker. Um, but anyway. Well, I'll give you an example. Jody and I used to run around together back years ago. 
we got into a lot of stuff together. One night we were over here in town running around and uh, he was on his motorcycle and I was following him on my car in my car. And uh, it would have been it would be the street, and I'm not sure the street number, but it runs parallel to Main Street. Um, in behind like down next to where the rec center is. And we were coming uh, from the from the speedwell end of town going toward down the hill and I was following behind him and this older lady didn't pay any attention. She backed out of her driveway in a car right in front of Jody and his back his motorcycle T-boned her in the center of that car. And I'm right behind him, and I saw Jody go sailing through the air, and I will guarantee you that he was in the air from here to the roof of that house. Oh, wow. And when he hit the pavement, he bounced. And I knew that that was the end of him right there. And is all it did was, it, it, <laughs> he had some road rage. It, it no, knocked him out, but that was it. Right. And it's just like I've told people before, when it's your time, it's your time. Yeah. If it's not your time, it's not your time. I know a man within the past two years that had a massive heart attack and drove himself down to North Carolina to the hospital after having that massive heart attack and survived through it. And, you know, whether it's, it could be a head cold, it could be anything. But when it's your time, it's yeah. your time. You I got a question for you. <clears throat> if you're a commercial airliner pilot and the plane's filled with what people, there's 300 people on there, and it's the pilot's time. He has a co-pilot. That's why they do it that way. Well, it was, huh? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> They'd have to both and, and if that don't work, they put in an autopilot. <laughs> <laughs> and if that don't work, there's somebody on the plane that knows how to fly. So, well, how come you read about some of these catastrophes where? Five thousand people. It's their time. time. It's, their time. it's simply their time. I mean, I, don't, I understand where you're coming because from. Because I understand planes, what you're saying. You know, you, you it just, was everybody on that plane's time. It's just like it's just like the World Trade Center. You think of all the people that perished in the World Trade Center, and and you think, oh wow, you know, how could it be? That was something that, you know, that George Bush did. But carry on. <laughs> What, you, you remember that plane that went tumbling, those pictures of it, it landed yeah, and went yeah. tumbling down, somebody caught it? You know those two or three people that walked away from that? How about all those folks in Hiroshima? Yeah. Was it their time? It was their time. Yeah, 70,000 <laughs> people. Yeah. God is in control of our he lives. He is. You know, understand where you come from. All right, so let's, let's look now at Second uh, Timothy chapter 3. <laughs> And, and, and I mentioned earlier that this teaching, and I saw it again the other day, and um, it was like, how can you think this? And this was a, uh, um, a Seventh-day Adventist fellow. Now their eschatology is screwed up as a football bat. How could you think that we're going to improve the world? And, and it's called kingdom now. And we just need to, uh, I'm sorry, but a lot of these folks running around all giddy like they're 
half crazy and laying on hands and Jesus loves you. That's true, Jesus loves you. But Satan's pretty good at um, using individuals to cast aspersion on God and His Word even though they're saying the same thing. And we saw that, I guess, was it Paul and Silas, Paul and Barnabas, and this woman that had some kind of spirit was going along, these are men of the Most High God, and kept that. Now that was true. But it was causing these men, Paul and his ministerial partner, it was causing them to look bad. Because when you've got a spokesperson that everybody knows is a nut speaking up for you, well, that kind of, right? That kind of uh, ties you into that. So, some of these folks, <coughs> all these fake healings they do on some of these shows, um, it's giving the Word of God a bad name or trying to giving God's true servants a bad name for trying to. Um, does God heal? Yeah. But he doesn't make a big display of it in front of everybody on the Bible broadcasting network. Normally after he healed somebody he said, see that you tell no one. Yeah. It wasn't a big show. God is still in the business of healing. Let me tell you how to know when we afflict ourselves. For so many years, I was the poster boy for unanswered prayer. Everybody's praying for me. I always got a bad back. And I finally got x-rayed. There was nothing wrong with it. And I wouldn't have done it, but I got an intervention done on me. And Dr. Jerry Reeves and Scott Ream and um, my friend Eric. And I think Eric actually, the attorney, he kind of headed it up. I said, okay, this, this visit's paid for in advance. You're going to Greensboro to spine specialist. I didn't want to. Boy, I didn't want to. And I figured it would just be... You worried, worried, worried over that. Sure it is. And got down there, I knew my blood pressure was going to be off the rectal scale <laughs> because I was so tense. And mine runs a little high anyway, but I don't worry about that. It was that nurse, she was like, like this. She kept squeezing that bowl, I was gonna pinch my arm in half. The pressure was so high. And then the next thing you know, those monitors in the examining room light up. And there's me. On the side, upper back, lower back, other side, hips, all up. All these monitors. And I'm looking at that. I was like, I wonder what all that white stuff is in there, that white looking stuff, that couldn't be good, that must be my problem. I didn't know what I was looking at. Well finally the doctor comes in, and I'm still looking at those, and he had a very grave look on his face. And I said, it's pretty bad, and the doc, show me what it is, what's wrong. He said, that? He said, ain't nothing wrong there. We're going to talk about your blood pressure. <laughs> it's a wonder you ain't done had a stroke. Right here on my on me. On my watch, I had a stroke. And stuff like that would stroke me out, you know. Uh, but after he talked some sense to me, and 
I calmed down and then I got a blood pressure reading that was high, but not so bad that he thought I was going to die on him right there. And he said, your back's fine. You barely even got any arthritis. You don't even have one herniated disc. And the truth is most people do have a disc or two by the time they're 25 or 30, they're going to have disc herniation. Dr. John Sarno called it gray hairs of the spine. It's normal. It's no different than somebody that's up in years said, well, look at your skin. It's all wrinkled up. You've got wrinkled skin disease. Yeah, we, you know, so you have these, and you, they throw that term degenerative disc disease around. Yeah. That's, that's a sham diagnosis. It is normal for these things to occur in the back. So I'm going to call them great hairs of spine. They don't cause pain, but when you go to the doctor and say, oh, look, I saw this back pain now, I just can't hardly do anything, then they say, let's x ray and see what we find. Then they find a herniated disc that's been there for 40 years. Oh, there's your problem. That's it. You need surgery. And as they say, when the the only tool you have is a hammer, every problem starts to look like a nail. <laughs> but um, now they uh, are teaching that things are going to get better, and we've got to make things better. And you watch some of these ministries; they they they're kind of freaky. Some of their, you know, did a day that that woman that Trump had up there in the White House ministering to him, uh, <coughs> Paula White. What a, what a sham. <laughs> he had some good ministers he could have called on. He called her. When, when the chips were down and all that election mess was going That's down. because she's a babe. That's all he wanted, eye candy. That's what he wanted. And uh, he, maybe his lust caused things to go against him. But I, you sent me that link to her. She's up there preaching, just talking total nonsense, pretending to talk in tongues. It sounds like singing the Flintstones, yabba dabba do, ha ha, he he, ha ha, yeah. ho ho. Yeah. That's not tongues. And there's this weird dude walking around behind her. He's got a towel over his arm, reading the Bible, and turn around and go the other way. What's this? What is this? He's just back and forth the whole time. Weird. This is not of God. That stuff's not of God. And these are the ones teaching. They won't look at what the Bible says is coming. They don't want to see that. They don't want to see bridge out ahead. They just want to put the next song on the stereo and crank it up. Yeah, that Paul White even said on, on TV that Jesus Christ was not the Son of God. There's a bunch of these frauds out that's, there. That's the Antichrist right there in a nutshell. You know, um, and that Joyce Meyer is another one that you don't. You know, the Bible specifically says women aren't supposed to be preaching. It did does you, say that. Did you hear what Grandpa Dollar said here in the last few weeks? So he got up to congregation and apologized for teaching wrong that he'd been teaching about tithing. Yeah. He apologized and he says all the books that I've written on that, he said just throw them away. Really? Don't bring them in and get yeah. a refund. Just throw them away. And he uh -huh. acts. He acts like he's, you know, repented and apologized to all. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. God knows. Groundhog. Yes, yeah. They are going to look at something, right? <laughs> <laughs> Pet groundhog. Just kicking back. He just summoned. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's see what the Bible says. It's kind of.
chapter 3 of 2 Timothy. This also know that in the last days perilous times shall come. For men shall be lovers of their own selves, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, without natural affection, truth breakers, false accusers, incontinent. That doesn't mean they're crapping themselves. It means that you can't hold back what you want to do and say. You just go right on. Fierce despisers of those that are good. Traitors, heady, high-minded. Lovers of pleasures more than lovers of God, having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof from such, turn away. What in the world? Uh, we're, you know, we're kind of there now. You know, I'm on that Facebook form with word of mouth. People on there defending this transgender garbage. I mean, just absolute garbage. That Rachel Levine character, that so-called woman that's a man, who was, what What was the position that he had before? So I think this if I remember right, I believe Secretary of Health for the State of Health. Yeah. It's okay. been made in Admiral or something now. Well, they made yeah. him a Naval Sergeant, Admiral. Sergeant General. And yeah. he's wearing a woman's skirt, and he's got his hair all long, and, and he is an Admiral. Now that is a slap in the face that's, to all of the... That's the Navy <laughs> That's a slap in the face to the people who earned their rank. I mean, for goodness sake. And that, you know, they had a picture of that one, that Rachel Levine, and they had that Sam Brenton. Yeah. That dude is an absolute freak. I mean, he's just creepy to even look at. The minister of nuclear waste. We're wasted. As a nation, if we don't turn this crap around, and I'm not blaming one party or another, I'd like to get rid of both parties, to be honest with you. Because, you know, uh, kind of libertarian minded. I believe in freedom. I believe in the Constitution. And um, both of these outfits are just taking money, hand over fist, getting filthy rich. How do you do that? You got a salary of $170,000 a year. $204,000. Is that $204,000 and then they'll, they'll serve half a dozen years and they'll come out $30, $40 million. They all do it. Every one of them does it. The, you know, it, it's like our founding fathers are rolling over in their graves and they're trying to take freedoms from us. We're holding strong for the most part. But uh, an amazing statesman, Frederick Douglass, said a man's fate lies in three boxes. In the ballot box, and then the jury box, and then the cartridge box. You ever hear this? Yeah. Ballot box, jury box, cartridge box. Now he had been a slave, so he knew what it meant to get free. But then, then, then you get a box of chocolates. <laughs> he, uh, no, here's the thing. You vote, and then you, if that don't work, you're going into the courts, the jury box, and if all else fails, load up your guns. Cartridge box. 
I fear for our country in a way, and I don't. I mean, our we're not of this world as believers in Christ. This is not our home. Now we do have to live here, and we're we have certain responsibilities. What was you said in there earlier this evening? Um, before we could take out Sodom or, or whatever, we had to take to get people out first. Uh, Sodom and Gomorrah. Yeah, they had they had he had to move them before he could do his thing there. Yeah. So with Noah, he had to take the eight people out before he could. And it's important to note that. And I think well, I'll tell you, if the righteous Lord is going right now, with all I see, the rapture's going to be very, very. I close. think the rapture is going to be the fulfillment of the fall feasts. Tabernacles is when when we'll go, but we'll know that we're going on. Trumpets. That's that's my theory, and I see a lot of Bible to line up with that. So we don't look for the rapture today. But why does he say, "Be watchful, be always ready"? Because you could die. You know, I could have died down there in that doctor office I was talking about. Apparently, you don't know when you're going to go. So you're always watching. You're always being ready. But for him coming and taking the church, I believe, is going to happen in the fall feast. Fulfillment there. But, um, One sec, Bobby. In uh, September, October, pretty much every every year, it's on Sunday. This 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 fall, uh, Tabernacles comes on a Sunday, which is interesting to me. Um, uh, you know, and, but see, things don't get horridly bad before the rapture. And we can see some things aren't right, and you can probably figure that. Certainly Noah realized things are going sideways here on this earth and the way these people are acting. God said that the only thought in their heart was only evil all the time. So, so, um, and then Sodom and Gomorrah. Lot, in spite of what he did, fathered children with his daughters. Is that not correct? Um, they made him drunk. But he is called a righteous man. In uh, one of Peter's letters, he said that Lot, Lot was a righteous man, vexed by the people around him, vexed by where he lived. Yes. So I mean, if you you get in a bunch of drug dealers and they're around you everywhere. You might get vexed. You might try drugs. You might you might see one of them left a satchel of money on the back of his Mercedes and went on in the house and passed out. I'm gonna get that. He got it illicitly. I'll just steal that. I'm just confessing. I'd probably do something like that. You're getting vexed by the people around you, but the. Um, you know, I'm going to inject real quick on a story similar to that. In Newport Beach, one time I had uh, the marine electronics truck and I was going around fixing boats and stuff like that. And I passed this bank in, uh, I forget what town it was, in Newport Beach. But there was a big bag of money sitting right there and nothing around. And it was like 9.30 in the morning. And I'm looking around, there's no cars out yet. And I seen that. And at that time I had just gotten married. And I needed money really bad, and I'm looking at it. So I picked up that bag, opened the door real quick, got it. And it said it was going to a restaurant, small change restaurant. And uh, 
was over $400 in all kinds of denominations. So I picked that thing up. My conscience, it was like that little devil over here in the angel. Yes, no, no, they'll never know. And I said, I can't do it. I just, I can't do it. So I was in the area where that restaurant was at, and I went in there with this bag of money, and I said, I found this on the side of the road with your name on it. And, he's, and the guy's looking at me. He got the manager, came over there, and he said, why did you do that? I said, do what? He said, why did you bring the money back? I said, it's got your name on it. <clears throat> he said, not too many people would have done that. This is the honest to God's truth. And he said, well, here it is. I'll see you later. And he says, hold on, wait a minute. And he says, you guys ever come to a restaurant like this? And I says, no, I can't afford to come to a place like this. And the guy says, suppose I allow you to come in here and you can eat whatever you'd like. And I said, well, I'm recently married. Can I bring my wife with me? He said, sure, bring her in anytime you want. All the everything's on me. I think it'd have been cheaper for those guys <laughs> to allow <laughs> that bag of money on what it was I packed away that night. It was like we didn't eat for a couple. I don't know how long. It was, they we, we, we had a lot. We ate very well that night, mm -hmm. and it's but it was kind of funny how your conscience. And I wasn't a born again Christian at that time. I just knew that well, it wasn't right. God looks on your heart. That's how He judged King David. You know, didn't look at his outward appearance. You see, he looks on the heart. God draws you to himself based on what you do, how you live. Uh, the King James says, your conversation, your way of life. You know, and then he draws you. But there are people who hate God and do all the evil, and they still get saved sometimes. They turn and they're saved. Well, I can tell you what happened to me one time. I, I had just started working at Volvo. Um, I went from making... Eight fifty an hour to making sixteen dollars an hour at Volvo, and I got a check, got my check, drove through the drive-through. I want to say it was whatever what it was before Sovereign Bank. It was whatever the bank was before it switched over to Sovereign Bank. I went through the drive-through, handed the lady my check. Just talked to her while she was there working. She was trying to run both sides at the same time, and I was just talking to her as well in the mist. Uh, got, uh, she put the envelope back through the thing. I picked it up. When I picked it up, I thought, man, it feels awful thick. Put it in the seat of the truck, drove down the road to the, uh, to, it was Maxway at that time. Opened up that, opened up that envelope, and she had, cashed my check twice and put it in that envelope and I turned around and went back to the bank and pulled up there and I said hey I said I think you made a mistake and she said what do you mean I said I've got twice the money in there I'm supposed to have and she was the same way she couldn't believe it yeah she, she lost her job yeah so you know they have a Christian people aren't used to people that doing right do that she got an extra forty dollars and realized that a couple hours later and went back to Carter the drive through and told the woman, oh, no, I didn't do that. I didn't give you 40 extra. I'm not, I, didn't, I, I checked up and everything's right. And uh, we figured what she had done was... Replace it with her own money. Replace it with her own money so she wouldn't lose her job. Yeah. And, um, but but you, anyway. you said something about when you took the money back, the man wanted to know, why did you do that? Yes. Well, see, when God created man, a part of God is in, in us. Because you take a, a baby, a little baby coming up, 
And if you don't believe this, you watch your grandchildren when they're small, and you tell them not to do something. Don't touch this. Don't do that. And you go out the room, and they'll dread back to yep. where they were, look around and see if you're looking, and then touch it. My daughter did that with a bobby pin and an ACL leg. I said, don't do that, honey. I said, you don't. Well, I walked away. Next thing, she was blown across the living room, and her hair got a little bit curlier. And I told you. Well, um, just to close, we talk about God taking the church. Jesus said it was like that in the days of Noah. It's like that in the days of Sodom and Gomorrah. People are eating and drinking and marrying and giving in marriage and buying and selling. In other words, it's business as usual. And then boom, the restrainer is taken away from the earth. The church too, taken away to be with Christ. And then all hell breaks loose down here. You know, They're going to tell people that the aliens have abducted us. And they're going to, you know, and they're, they're not... prepping for it already. Yeah, they are. They're prepping with all this alien stuff. And so many people are going to believe this lie that these aliens have taken some people and somebody will say, no, it was the rapture of the church. And they're going to say, no, it couldn't be because the Pope, he's still sitting there on his throne. <laughs> <laughs> that is the most corrupt Pope. And a lot of the cardinals and bishops of the Catholic Church are giving him a real down-the-road hard time. Um, if you see the new, new city, the, you're going to be able to Saudi Arabia, Neon, or whatever. I have. 500, 500 feet wide, 200 feet tall, 75, uh, 75, 75 miles. 75 miles long. Huh. Interesting. Southern Big Lawton. How you say his name? So, the prince over there in Saudi Arabia, he's doing all this. The other guy, the one that went over there to get oil from, didn't. <laughs> so they're they're selling need, strategic oil reserves to China right now. I'm going to need a job. You know, we got $4 a gallon gas, and they're selling oil reserves to China. And they literally are. That's not a <laughs> fake news story. This is all being done deliberately to break the back of this nation. Sure. Uh, I, I, I heard an interview with Mike Tyson the other day. Did I tell you all about this? And he told that interviewer, he said, the best three years of my life was I was in prison. He literally said the best three years of his life was when he was in prison. And the guy said, uh, wait a minute now. You are making $30 million a fight. $30 million for about 10 to 15 minutes, or in some cases Tyson had the thing over with in 20 seconds. He said, the money ain't what, what makes you happy. He said, you don't know who you are. When you start getting money like that, you don't know who you are. He said, I stand by my statement that, <clears throat> My best three years of my life, I was in prison. I only went to prison four, even. But um, I thought that was very interesting. Some people think that they get all rich and everything, that that's going to make them happy. 
Apparently not. Lamb and Olive Field, big fighter. He he goes to the Crapolo Dollars Church and get, he's given twenty twenty million dollars. Hollyfield did. I've heard some of Dollars preaching. I don't have a problem with what I've heard for the most part. I don't listen to a lot of TV preachers, though, really. But uh, anybody got to add, want to add anything? Let's go ahead and then we close. Reverend Davis. Father God, we thank you for this day. And we actually look down around this table, Lord. Look into our hearts. Lord, if you find anything that shouldn't be taken out, fill us up with your love. Give us your unconditional joy and compassion. Help us to love one another as you have loved us. Bless our families, Lord. Bless the people that are in the fires and around the world that's in stress, Lord, that need some help, that need support, Lord. Bless those that are in high places, helping them realize and come to their senses that they have no power. All the power belongs to you, Lord. We ask that thou bless those in the hospitals, those in the institutions, Lord, helping them realize there's a hell to turn and a heaven to go to. This we ask in Jesus' name. Take care of us, Lord. Yes. Amen. 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 Thank you. So much.